Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. How can you shut this down and not communicate to people who are sitting in cars? They, they had no idea. You can't anticipate everybody has electronic or GPS capabilities or everybody has a cell phone. Where is the National Guard? Where is FEMA? Where are people reaching out to help these people? I'll shut up now and tell me if I'm crazy. Uh, first of all, Happy New Year. the tony kornheiser show is on now all righty then before we get to the actual show there's a couple of emails i want to deal with one from chip robinson in mount pleasant south carolina thank you thank you very much for the kind words that you said um one from brian polian our friend brian polian who said i did in fact coach ambrose wooden in 2005 I was in my first season on Charlie Weiss's staff at Notre Dame as special teams coordinator, assistant defensive backs coach. I was on the sidelines as Mac Leinert completed a pass to Dwayne Jarrett on fourth and nine. This is no exaggeration. The ball sailed six inches over Ambrose's outstretched hand. That is how thin the line is between winning and losing sometimes. Ambrose handled himself beautifully after that game and for the remainder of his time at Notre Dame. His success beyond the field is a surprise to no one who ever spent time with him. Shortly after you guys met, he reached out to say hello and tell me how much he enjoyed his time with you on the golf course. Ambrose Wooden. Just, that's just very nice. It, I th- although his name was August. You no, know, it was August to begin Argo. with. <laughs> and then, and this is probably the most important thing before we start the show. The gummy bears have come. Yes. What uh, w- this is, um, we got this from Jared. In you Terrible. smell them before you see them. Right. <laughs> you asked for it, and I'm a man of my word. Please enjoy this bag of Indiana's own Albanese gummy bears. Give those subpar Haribo ones to Chessie, Nigel, or even Salissa. Eat it. <laughs> Thanks for the years of amazing content and keep on stinking. Jared from Terre Haute. Yes, it's in Indiana, home of Larry Bird's own Indiana State University Sycamores. Still riding high from a Final Four that took place during the Carter administration. And then he writes, I finished listening to Monday's show on the way to mail these. I heard your reiteration of desire to have these ASAP, and you referred to me as the gummy bear guy. From now on, I shall be Jared, the gummy bear guy. So now Added I have the a, signature. Whole, a whole bag for Liz, for Liz Hardwick. Because she expressed the feeling that she liked these. She likes gummy bears, but she liked these better than Haribo. I tend to be a Haribo guy just because they're chewier. So let's break these down the lighter. key differences. Yeah. So it starts with, on the bag, 12 flavor gummy bears. A lot I of flavors. I Haribo has three. I didn't know you could identify any different flavors for gummy they bears because you eat them by the fistful. You, yeah, yeah, nobody eats just one. You take a whole <laughs> But for these, because they're softer, you can savor each individual flavor and the gummy bear they itself. More colors. The bear is a larger bear. It is, and they have more colors. I like colors to don't have mean my, anything. I'd like to have my fillings pulled out, so <laughs> I still, I'm so a Haribo guy. Still going with Haribo. But these are great, and I appreciate that. And it gets me... You can't eat these in the dark at a movie theater. They'll just stick to the top of your mouth. These? Yeah. Oh, I think these digest very well. They chew up. But at least the Haribo, you can, you can pick it apart. You can pull it. You know the what you're Haribu dealing with. Haribo is made out of things that survive bomb blasts. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> God only knows what Haribo is Shelf made life of several decades. Yeah. Like you don't, there is no even, shelf life. They don't even bother <laughs> to put bears. an expiration date <laughs> yeah. on Haribo. Eat them you whenever. They just get better with age. Yeah. So when I say to people, don't send me anything anymore. Please stop sending me things. Because once again, another outlet came in the mail. I can't put in these outlets. I give oh, them the to my GFIC? Yeah, I give them yeah, to Yeah, we've Michael. already updated the house at a here's premium cost. Yeah, here's the thing. <laughs> don't send me anything except if I say, send me this. That's fair. You know, you can tell when I really want So there's something. a running list. You can there, tell when I want There's a bourbon category. Yeah. You know, gummy bears is fine. Gummy bears and, and but alcohol. other things, yeah, is not so good. Oregon Pinot. A couple of years ago. Yeah, when people send wine, it's just lovely. Um, <laughs> Keen Boots. Wenslaus did that. It was great. Cindy, I think that's her name, was great. Well, and sometimes, and out, sometimes outerwear comes that you're fond of. Well, that's what I want to talk about. A couple of years ago, maybe more than that, maybe three years ago, uh, the, our friends at TSN sent me a jacket. It's more like a coat. It's a winter coat. I think that the brand name is Carbon, K-A-R-B-O-N. It has this one small problem for me, and that is because Canada is not the United States and is a British, was a British protectorate and is still tied to Britain. The zipper's on the other side. 
It's just, you know, it's problematic given the length of this coat. You got to take your time and you, it takes time to find the zipper, to put it in with the other hand and to reverse everything is hard. This coat's great. I took this coat out today and we'll get to like, I think you know that I have great pleasure talking about local D.C. weather, which I'm going to get to. So this now. coat is in between a duster and it's not quite full sideline NFL parka. Not quite. Not but quite. it's not it's, far from it. But it's warm. It's warmer than the Lillehammer coat. That's it's warmer. Something. It's really good, and I'm really grateful. And why did I wear it today? We're not getting over freezing today here. You know, in the 20s, you don't need anything really. I wear the Lillehammer jacket in the 20s. This carbon jacket, I could save for the teens. We're in the 20s right now, but the low 20s. But no, there's significant wind. Yeah, tomorrow morning is going to be in the teens. There's significant wind. And snow is being blown around. We got, you know, some people think that eight inches is half a foot. And some people are smart enough to know that six inches is half a foot. I obviously got that wrong the other day. Um, we got eight inches the other day in my house. Michael, you felt you got about eight we inches. We got eight. Right, Nigel? You Yeah, that was about right. The Capital Weather Gang, a, a lot of people went on. The weather apps were going wild yesterday as to how much snow Washington, D.C. would get, and it ranged anywhere between two and seven at, at, at the various weather apps. The one that I trust the most is the Capital Weather Gang that worked for the Washington Post and their lead meteorologist, Jason Salmonow. I don't know him. I've never met him. I wouldn't know him if he was sitting here with a jacket that said, I'm Jason Salmonow. But they don't just give you a number. I trust they, they give you their thinking. They give you the boom yes. bust, the timeline. Yes. And so by crazy. seven o'clock last <clears throat> night, everyone agreed on this. The snow would start in the middle of the night and end by 5 in the morning. Everyone agreed on that. Um, by 7 o'clock last night, Salmonow and the Capital Weather Gang had gone down to 1 to 3. They were at 2 to 4, which was the consensus. They went down to 1 to 3. Camerer on Channel 4, and I watched 87 newscasts with him yesterday because he's the star of the show. He said 2 to 4 in Washington, but he thought 2. He said, if you're pressing me, I think it's going to be on the lower end of that. If you wait till the 11 o'clock, I'll give you a new number. Yeah. And I, well, you know what? <clears throat> yeah. If you're not going to do new numbers, what do you have? You could have a monkey do the job, <laughs> right? You could. Reginald, yeah. So this morning I woke up, and the first thing I did was go out to my car. My car was devoid of snow completely yesterday. No snow on my car. I believe there's four inches of snow on my car. That may have something to do with the curvature of the car. That may have something to do with the exposure to the wind. I, I don't know. But I think there's four. Whereas on my sidewalk, I thought there was two to three, not four. In my back deck, I don't think it's four. You can see out there, Michael. I don't right, think it's four. Right, but we're four. seeing more piling. I'm very interested in the curvature of the car. The, the way I don't know. The way your mind works. Yeah, fascinating. I, I don't know. Maybe it helps. Maybe the curvature of the car helps retain more snow. I, I just don't know. I don't know. What would you say you had at your house? When morning? I when I left, this is not a crippling snow. No, not at no, all. And it's a it's very not. light snow. It's a brushable snow. Yeah. Except Dad brought out this like carbon steel shovel that well, felt I like I shovels. was breaking rock as I tried to shovel your path. Well, I think uh, they sent it to me from prison. I think. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. I think. Uh, when I left our house, I thought we had three to four. And as I do, kudos to 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 DC snow removal. They are so much better at this than they were even 10 years ago when we first moved back. It, yes. All the side streets are passable and your main thoroughfares, your bus routes are down to pavement. You're 100% right. I have two things to say to take a contrarian point of view. Our garbage, which is always picked up on Monday, has not been picked up at all. I called 311 yesterday just to report this. They have picked up garbage in my neighborhood from the street, but not down the alleys. I get it. I understand it. If I have to go to next Monday, I'm okay because we're just two people. And this decision is up to the individual drivers because they fine. are liable for a lot of you know a yeah. lot of damage that could be done not on their on their terms. And I'm okay with it. Just I just wanted to report it in case there was a mechanism to send out trucks. Now they're not going to do it today because of the snow. They're not going to do it. The Bro. more important thing to me, I've not had mail. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and I'm not going to get mail today. Where's my mail? Now, that's not D.C., right? That's 
This, that's so this feds. Is, this has been popping up in all the neighborhood listservs. I can give you the answer from our neighborhood because it's, it's it? gone down street by street. Four days. And what's happened is uh, I, I know. I get bills at the beginning of the month that I've got to pay. I know the Postal Service has tried to push back on, say, vaccine requirements. But I think what's happened in, in various neighborhoods or routes is if your mail carrier has to be out sick, and, th- and that's a wide oh. blanket, they're not able to necessarily fill that route. So in some areas, it's been easier for them to delay the delivery of mail until your normal you delivery get, person Well, is our back. normal person is Rhonda, who's a godsend. I love Rhonda. Help me, Rhonda. You know, love her. I don't even want her out in this. It's nasty. <laughs> I want Rhonda to not have to deliver mail in this. But I've not had mail for four days, Michael. Yeah, that's a And I won't surprise. get it today because of the snow. We've I, had no interruption with our mail. Our normal trash recycling day is Thursday. We we got kicked yesterday. yesterday. We got kicked yesterday, but all of the, the neighbors agreed we'll put it out just in case. So now it lives on the street and we're just adding to it. I think they might try and get those trucks back out today just because the streets are so passable. Government's opening up later today and they gotta get back into the normal rhythm. This is what we give you. We give you weather and we give you our problems. <laughs> lack of garbage pickup, lack of mail. But we're, not putting, we're not putting we're just like big, you. We're just like not you. Not putting the big recycling out until we see the truck down the street. Then we'll ferret out as many boxes of, of moving paper as possible. <laughs> so I had one other thing I wanted to say. Wizards preview? No. Novak Djokovic oh. on ice in <laughs> Melbourne. Yes, yes. Being held in, you know, I guess the equivalent to a cell in Guantanamo Bay <laughs> where they're piping in ABBA music all the time. But, but concierge level, yeah. right? Not for him. Not, in, not there because he laughed in their faces. These people in Australia had the longest lockdown of anybody in the world. Yeah. And he just waltzed in unvaccinated and said, I got a medical exemption and I'm going to play. And they said, hold on a second, Sparky. And this went all the way up to the prime minister. Now, why did this happen? There's an election in Australia. And you don't want to be on the wrong side of COVID. Everybody's trying to position themselves that they're doing all they can. And so he wants to keep Djokovic out. I don't like Djokovic. I've never liked Djokovic. I think he's insincere. I think he's diffident. I think he's haughty. I think he laughed at all the Australian people. Now, he's got the right to appeal there. And he may win the appeal. You know, and I guess he has the right not to disclose the nature of his medical exemption. I would think he does. But that's what people are calling for. Rod Laver, the greatest tennis player in the history of the world, and an Australian, called on Novak Djokovic to disclose what it was that would give him a medical exemption. And he said, or things could get ugly. Rod Laver. All right, and Djokovic didn't have, you know, didn't respond at all. Didn't respond at all to, to Laver. As I said on PTI, we haven't heard from Nicole Kidman or Greg Norman yet. <laughs> Not yet. Other famous Aussies <laughs> and what they think. But I hope that they reject his application, or if it's totally legitimate, they disclose why they're doing it. Right. You know, because they say his rights are not as important as the rights of the Australian people to find this out. He's just waltzing in there. You know, they're in quarantine, and he's going to go out on the court and play. And by the way, I wouldn't want to play against him, and I wouldn't want to be in the locker room with him. And, he's, and, and you cannot even mention him without also mentioning Aaron Rodgers and Kyrie Irving, who are themselves famously, as is Djokovic, a strident anti-vaxxer. They're famously unvaccinated, and they are the authors of their own circumstances. It's worked out very well for Aaron Rodgers. They're yeah, 13 sure. and 2 when he starts, and they're not putting Jordan Love out there anymore. <laughs> it's Aaron Rodgers, and he's yeah. the MVP. And he is. He's the MVP. Um, regardless of what this guy in Chicago said, he's the MVP. Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving went out and said, I hope we can come to some sort of an agreement. And it, what that means is, I hope the league will bend and the city will bend as my team bent to my will because I'm not getting vaccinated. He says every day, I think about this every day, and every day he remains unvaccinated, Kyrie Irving. And he wants the city of New York to let him play. And at this point, the Nets want that too. And by the way, he's the most important person in the NBA this year because of his part-time status, because he's a great player. Yeah, This is what happens. People bend to the will of talent. Maybe not for Antonio Brown anymore, but they certainly did for a while. We will take a break. We'll talk about football when we return. With Jason Locke and Fora, I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. 
This is Simply Safe Ed. If you've ever wanted to make your home feel safer, there's no better time than now. And right now, the folks at Simply Safe are giving our listeners access to all their New Year's holiday deals. That's 20% off their award winning home security, and your first month is free when you sign up for the interactive monitoring service. You'll love Simply Safe because it has everything you need to make your home safe indoor and outdoor cameras, comprehensive sensors, all monitored around the clock by trained professionals who send help the instant you need it. Simply Safe was named best home security system of 2021 by u.s news and world report and you can easily customize a system for your home online in minutes even get free custom recommendations there's no long-term contracts or commitments it's a really easy way to start feeling a bit more peace of mind in the new year so hurry take 20 percent off your simply safe system and your first month is free when you sign up for the interactive monitoring service Visit simplysafe.com slash Tony. Let me remind you for the 29,000th time, S-I-M-P-L-I, simplysafe.com slash Tony. 20% off your entire system. Use the code, people. You're listening, You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is sent to us by Jeff White in Columbia, Missouri. It says, Dear Tony, please find the attached songs from the January Lanterns, Andrew and Kristen Camp. They're related by marriage. They have nice voices. Kristen was my student a long time ago. They have an album release party at the Blue Note in Columbia, Missouri on Friday, January 21st in a few weeks. Come one, come all. This is a song called All I Think About. It's beautiful. Yeah, they're really good. They're really good. Really good. They play in Jason Lock and Fora from CBS Sports and from his own fabulous radio show in Baltimore. And we're just going to talk about famous players famous players today for a while okay Let's start with aaron Rodgers. Sure. aaron Rodgers. two there are two aaron Rodgers stories we dealt with both of them a little <laughs> bit yesterday on pti one is he's now kissing up to the gm at yeah. um green bay and sounds like aaron Rodgers can't stop talking but sounds right. like he's going to stay in green bay and the other one is a writer or somebody like a writer, a guy with an MVP vote in Chicago, called Aaron Rodgers a jerk and said he wouldn't vote for him for MVP, and Aaron Rodgers called him a bum and yes. said, you don't know me, and on and on. So deal with these in any order you want, sure. Jason. Um, I would agree. It sounds like smoochie-boochies between him and the, uh, oh, yeah. and the Packers. Uh, the, uh, if you read any of this guy's tea leaves, He's certainly sounding a very different note and going um, to much greater lengths to, you know, name different people through the organization. And um, it, it, it sounds like there is a contractual um, reconciliation in the offing if the Packers are interested in it. And with this guy, despite all the other baloney, Having another MVP season, and Jordan yep. loves one game. Um, Can't play. Sort of, uh, you know, debut being fairly disastrous. I can't imagine they would not want to continue going down a path by which they're winning 13, 14 games in a regular season and having a chance to compete for Super Bowls. So to say nothing of, of what that might mean for the ability to keep a Devontae Adams, as difficult as that's going to be financially, um, where there's a will, there's a way, and there's plenty of money flowing through these NFL uh, offices. So, yeah, Tone, I, I think he has, in his own way, made it clear that we don't have to do that whole kabuki dance we did last year. If you guys don't want to, you know, I'm still great, and I, you know, I'm, I'm more comfortable here now than maybe I was a year ago. You know, as to the I agree with thing, that totally. Yeah, go um, ahead. You know, we're we're both from a um, background where George Solomon wasn't letting us vote for any of these things in the first place, you know, and it was kind of seen as a conflict, and why should a reporter objectively covering the league be involved with the league bestowing certain hardware to certain players or certain teams for certain things, and, and I've kind of kept that myself as, as I've moved through different, you know, I guess, media avenues. And so I don't participate in voting for any of this stuff. So I'm, I'm not – like I don't know exactly what the directives are or how much you're allowed to or supposed to have the human element involved or how much you have to keep it strictly to 
what's on the field, but the bottom line is, I guess for me, human beings are doing this, you know? So I like, it's not just, I mean, in a lot of instances, for better or for worse, there's going to be other things involved, especially back in the day when people were in locker rooms for, in the case of baseball, I don't know, four hours a day. And clearly there have been instances throughout the history of time where it wasn't just about what happened on the field. That guy's personality or something that guy said or did was held against him. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying with a little bit of historical perspective. um, Now, he said the quiet part out loud, but, like, is this some sort of anomaly? I don't think so. Um, I I, I don't – I'm weird. I don't care, like, honestly, about the whole thing. I I don't know. I guess I don't know if that says something about me. Like, you know, this guy said something he probably shouldn't say, but I think a lot of other people, or at least some other people – might be thinking in the back of their heads the same thing he said. I agree with that. I think that Aaron Rodgers had a very high jerk quotient with the way he handled COVID. But I think these these awards are on-the-field awards, and even Tom Brady's not having the year that Rodgers is. Rodgers has 34 touchdowns, 35 touchdowns and four picks. He's 13-2 and as a starter. He's the MVP. He's the MVP. I mean, you know, he's the MVP. We move on. Antonio Brown. Conflicting Ugh. reports all over the place with Antonio Brown. Yes. Everybody saw his behavior. Antonio Brown has charged that they tried to make him play through an injury. Yes. Not everybody is agreeing with that. Antonio Brown, and this is what I will say about Antonio Brown, he's had a lot of chances at a lot of places. And, and what we know about him is that he phonied up a vaccination card. Yes, sir. So we don't always think that he plays by the rules. And it's very sure. possible that after the fact – He's creating a situation that may or may not have happened. Your thoughts on Antonio Brown and his future in the league, because he's got talent. Yeah, no, he, he absolutely has talent. Um, and there's obviously a lot of baggage, and whenever he has left a city, it has been with you know great tumult and drama and duress, and it's never really smooth. Um, but yeah, there are, there are two different, very um, conflicting versions of events here yes. between what he is alleging and what the team is saying. And ultimately, this is going to be a legal matter, and the NFLPA is investigating. And whether that turns out, um, you know, to lead them in an area where they're filing grievances, and and you know, I think you're going to have some sort of. Um, situation here where uh, if he does indeed get surgery, because the team just, the team released him with no injury designation. <clears throat> so will there still be some sort of injury settlement forthcoming where if he does get surgery and has a rehab and stuff like that, if it's deemed to be a football injury that he got while a member of their organization, are they then on the hook for that? I mean, there's a lot of stuff in the weeds mm-hmm. here that yeah. will take a considerable amount of time to, to sort out. In the meantime, you know, he, he won't be playing this year, and, and their season may or may not still be going on. I, I, I mean, does he ever play again? I, I would just say, I don't know. I'd never say never. You know, there, there, right. there's... All it takes is one person in one situation who feels like I can stomach this guy for X period of time if it gets us a Super Bowl on the other end of it. Do I, do I think he's going to be in somebody's off-season program and they're going to want him around for, you know, no. March and April and May or, no. or even a training camp? I'm not so sure about that. But okay. if he stays in great shape and he's got videos out there on Twitter where he's ripped and shredded and running a 4.5 or a 4.6, whatever he still runs. Not that it's just about speed with him. And he's running these precise routes. And somebody loses a starting receiver. You know, it's, it's you know how this league works. And if you think you can get an edge and you think that's going to help you win, and he's going to be inexpensive because he has been for a while now, then I, I, I don't know that it's necessarily over even – um, as crazy as this situation seems right now. Let me get to one other story, which is the possibility that the Sunday night game between the Chargers and the Raiders 
could end up as a tie and they would both get into the playoffs. Yeah. It's a, a very odd circumstance. The NFL accounts for a million different ways to make playoff ties disappear and one team get an advantage over the other. Should Roger Goodell be calling both teams and saying we need an integrity uh, in this game? I, I mean, he could do that, but this is his – I mean, this is coming directly out of the league office. That's this right. wasn't – TV executives politicking, right. or this wasn't um, a negotiation. Everybody sitting around until whatever it was, midnight last week of Sunday, waiting to get a schedule from the league of who's got what games and when they have them. So it's literally the league's prescription for the best way to go through this new scenario of what a Week 18 should look like. So I mean, Tone, they created it in every way, shape, or form. So yes, they did. If it leads to an outcome where these two teams have nothing to play for, I mean, I, I, you can call them, I guess, and lean on them, but you did this. They didn't, you know, you didn't have teams submit what they wanted and the league you know, threw them on a hat and blindly picked one. They, This is completely their baby. That's so right. they created a baby that's not what they thought it was going to be. Is that... Is that? I mean, especially after all the Raiders have been through this year. I mean, I, and and how Mark Davis feels about the whole John Gruden. Thing. You, you think they're thinking a whole lot about? Um, yeah, whatever you guys need, we got you. Or are oh, they thinking? Not, no. My God, if we could somehow get in the playoffs and not even have to play this game after all we've been through, including somehow our coach being the only person who suffered any individual ramifications from that entire. Washington football scandal. I I don't know, man. If I'm Mark Davis, I, I I'm thinking of a you know, a two word declarative response yes. with an exclamation yes. point at the yes. end of it, and the second word is you. Yeah. All right. Uh one other question. At the beginning of the year, if I told you that these three teams would make the playoffs, which would have been the most surprising to you? Cincinnati? Philadelphia or New England? Oh, that's a good one. Um, yeah, I worked on that one. Yeah, I like that. that was good. Uh, yeah. I, I guess Philadelphia, just because of you know, is Nick Sirianni ready for this? Are these are these fans going to give him a shot? Is are they are people open minded enough to um, make try to help Jalen Hurts make this Jalen Hurts thing work? Which which was going to require Sirianni doing some things offensively that didn't necessarily mesh with sort of his overarching um, philosophies coming in or what he wants his offensive football team to look like in a perfect world. Um, Cincinnati had a lot of talent. It's just a matter of could they get over the the top and would Joe Burrow be okay? But if Joe Burrow was okay, they were going to have a fighting shot because. They had a fighting shot in a lot of games with him the previous year when the roster wasn't as good. And, you know, New England, it's Bill Belichick. And, you know, he spent money and had a, uh, an offseason where he brought in free agents, the likes of which he hadn't done in a long time. And it was more like if this year for the first time in five or six years Bill Belichick, the GM, held up his end of the bargain, then Bill Belichick, the coach, is going to have an opportunity to at least be a wild-card team. So I – I guess I would say Philly, although with how watered down things are now and, like, how many teams make it and then you factor in COVID and everything else. Um, I can tell you this. By about the middle of October, I was writing columns saying, if the Eagles completely like go over to the, the thought process of our primary objective is to run the ball 30-plus times a, day, a game, they're, 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 they have a shot to get it even with this horrible – this horrible start because they're running the ball in a way that nobody can stop it. And, and ultimately yeah. that was enough to get them in. Yeah. It's very interesting. All three teams are interesting to me. Plug your radio show for us, please. Uh, thank you, Tone. Um, you can listen to me ramble from two to six Eastern time every single weekday on one Oh five, seven, the fan in Baltimore. The show is called inside access. I'm not sure we provide, um, what yeah. the name would claim we do, but uh, we certainly are silly. So, yes, if you uh, download the Odyssey app or you go to 
www.1057thefan.com. You could listen to us in real time, and we will try to amuse you. At least you do sports. All I do is local weather and traffic now. That's all I do. Well, I love it. That's I all I do. That's future tone. Yeah, it's for me. <laughs> Thanks, Jason. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Jason Locken for our boys and Thank girls. You. We'll take a break. When we come back, allegedly we'll have Carville. Looks allegedly good. we'll have Ma. We'll see. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the Shopify ad. Shopify is more than a store. Connect with your customers, drive sales, manage your day-to-day. Shopify instantly lets you accept all major payment methods. I'm okay to this point. It's the next paragraph. (laughs) Shopify has thousands of integrations and third-party apps from on-demand printing to accounting to advanced chatbots to and beyond. Supercharge your knowledge, your sales, and your success. Michael, what does that mean? Basically, you have that idea you're going from the real world to your metaverse. They have all the tools ready to help you. They have those chat boxes. Sometimes you just need someone to talk to. Discover endless possibilities. (laughs) Shopify is tirelessly inventing tools of growth for over 1.7 million businesses, helping them succeed every day. Discover inspiration. Shopify believes in liberating commerce for all because entrepreneurship has the power to drive communities forward and commerce can be a force for good. Discover your possible. Shopify unlocks the opportunity of your business to more people every day. Every 28 seconds, an entrepreneur like you makes their first sale on Shopify. Michael, what does that mean? So, so again, for you, there's just no longer going to be the hard line difference between the physical store that you might run out of your house and or your online store presence. And they have all the tools to help you grow that and to check that everything's going smoothly. So go to Shopify.com slash Tony K. That's all lowercase for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to Shopify.com slash Tony K right now. Shopify.com slash Tony K. Use the code, people. Ka-ching. <laughs> this is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Tony Kornheiser Show. Once again, these are the January Lanterns from Columbia, Missouri. They are Andrew and Kristen Camp. This is a song called Lantern of Love. They sing sweetly. It's beautiful. It's lovely. Yeah. What more could you want out of life? <laughs> you know, you sit down, you put some logs on the fire, and Andrew and Kristen Camp come in and sing. <laughs> it's great. Michael, if people like the January Lanterns want to send us their original music, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at tonycornizershow.com. All right, so James Carville is with us now. We have a lot to get to before we ask for his picks, including... Charles Kernigan in Clemson, South Carolina, reporting, James, that in January of 2020, Clemson and LSU were set to play for the national championship, and you were eating dinner. He spotted you at the Crescent City Steakhouse in New Orleans. <laughs> Is that a place you hang out very often? Very much, and, and it's also one of the most unique restaurants in New Orleans. You know, New Orleans is a great steak city. Ruth, Chris, and Del Frisco's both started in New Orleans. That's and right. the Crescent City Steakhouse originated. If you go to any, any steakhouse that, that you know that put butter in to use a double boiler, they originated that. That's a, that's a, one of my favorite local restaurants. Absolutely. See, 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 we got people spotting you all over. This was two years <laughs> ago. Right? Let me get to something else. You right. were one and one, other than your double play. You were one and right. one. On your right. double play, you took the over on right. Georgia. And Michigan, which you said was 45 and a half. It finished at 45, but Jeff Ma on the same day took it at 44 and a half. And Jeff Ma is a professional at this. I'm willing right. to give you 44 and a half and grant that you won that, but it's up to you. You know, what did Bastard Bois say? About what um, on the kindness of strangers. of others. Yeah, of strangers. That's right, in streetcar. Yeah, so so I'll take anything at my age. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So then we make you, we make you three and one, and as a result Uh, of being three and one, you are now thirty six and thirty nine overall. Overall, we got to stick. We got we got to you know ascend the mount, the summit of five hundred. What have you got for us this week? So, do you have a line on Montana State, North Dakota State? 
course not. Montana State, North Dakota State, what is I that? I think, I think Montana State is getting seven and a half. Okay, we'll take, take your word for it. Take, take Montana State. All right, that, that's a game. That's a national championship game in D two. Y'all are so arrogant on the East Coast that they got you know, these kids are playing. No, I, I was gonna. I was going to ask huh? if this was a D two or D three championship game yeah, yeah, because didn't didn't D2. Trey Lance it, come it, out of that? Trey Lance was North Dakota, wasn't he, or North Dakota State? Trey Lance. Uh, yeah. Carson Wentz went to North Dakota State, I think. They went so you're taking. I'm taking taking Montana State. Okay, you're taking the right, points. Right. They're getting seven and a half. Okay, we'll give it to you. All right. We'll what give else? you something to watch. We'll give you a college game to watch on Saturday. Happy to watch yeah, it. Football with snowbound college. as I am, happy to watch it. What else? Yeah, it looks they're giving you know they they're giving you the you know the stuff here. All right, in uh, the Alabama uh, Georgia game. Yep. Alabama's getting three. Yeah, that's what we see. Yeah, I, I, I maybe I've just been around for too long. I've been too, too. I'm a battered child syndrome. But uh, anytime <laughs> you give Nick Saban three points, I'm gonna take it. You gotta take it, right? Yeah, yeah. You gotta and take it. Tell me about Indianapolis. Who they're playing? Indianapolis, Jacksonville. Indianapolis, Indian Jacksonville, Indianapolis giving 15 and a half is what we're seeing, James. And, and Jacksonville's at home. That's yes. right. You've got to take Jacksonville. It's an old ironclad rule. If you get 10 or more at home, you've got to take it. And then you say, well, Jesus. But if you're getting, if you're getting 15 and a half at home, you're pretty bad. <laughs> you stink. That's yeah. But they're good against – do you know – I will they're have a great against. little statistic – yeah, they're two and two against them, and two and twenty-seven against everybody else in their last thirty-three. It's true, true fact. Right, true fact. They're good. That, that, that's the that's the place uh, that I like. Okay, course, I mean, I, I, I'm really pulling for the Rams because the Saints can't get in the playoff if Forty Niners win. The Rams have to win that game, but you're not. The these are your. You're not doing anything else but these three, or are you doing anything I'm not, else? I'm just. Uh, I, I don't need to bet okay. on that. But, but the Bears don't need to win. But you know, every time you see these games, where one team has to win to be in the playoffs, and the other team doesn't anything to lose, the team that has nothing to lose wins the game. And don't ask me why. But well, I, Indianapolis has to win. Indianapolis has to win to get well, in, especially if Pittsburgh wins. by a lot but, and not win by 16 points. That's right. That's yeah. right. That's win, right. And it's in Jacksonville. You won. That's a pretty good go. win. All right. I mean, you All right, we'll root them. for you. All right, man. Take care. Thank, Thank you, us. James. Thanks, thanks, thanks for the class. You bet. Yeah. James, yeah, we gave him the by the way, can I read? Over. Can I read? By the, the way, you think those guys in Vegas aren't good? You think they aren't good? Yeah, that man. it's either forty-four and a half or forty-five and a half, and the number at the end is forty-five. You think yeah. they're not good? Uh, this is what James sent me immediately after that game, probably thinking that Michigan had failed him. Uh, he goes, "This is a qu- he's quoting himself, Carville, Michigan. Put the New England Patriots in Michigan uniforms, and they'd lose two out of three to Ohio State and two out of three Rose Bowls. Michigan plays dull, uninspired, gutless football year in and year out. Other than that, I like them fine." And he puts below that, "I said that in two thousand three. So we give it to. And if you if you quote Blanche Dubois, if you bring Tennessee Williams into this show, yeah, you're doing all it right. Works. Yes. All right. So do we have Jeff Ma? Is Jeff with us? I'm here. Okay, Jeff. We don't have any problems with Jeff. Jeff had it at 44 and a half. Yes. And it went to 45, and Jeff won that. Jeff was four and two last week, and 47 and 34 overall. He's not picking against a monkey. <laughs> Everybody that we have is in the wake. Of Jeff Ma yes. and bet the process because Jeff's had it. You've had a, a very good year to this point, I would say. I was just saying, and and maybe you have a better appreciation than I do. But if, but if that number is fluctuating between forty four and a half and forty five and a half, and it actually lands, the score lands on forty five. That is great respect for the people making the line, or is the line just Jeff? Is the line just a result of betting to to try to even it out? Uh, first of all, Happy New Year. You too. Um, uh, that was supposed to be a joke from your earlier shows. I'm pr- trying to prove to you that I listen to your show. Uh, I know, the, the, uh, the Happy uh, New Year. I like that. 
That was when I was uh, saying that Ralph Northam should be arrested <laughs> for letting <laughs> leaving people to die on I-95. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, so, um, you know, I, I think that people put a little bit too much, give the line makers a little bit too much credit when that the line happens to, or the game happens to end up right where the, the spread was or where the total was. I mean, that that's, it's designed, obviously, to, to, you know, there's a distribution of outcomes, whatever, in the median, and they they're, they are predicting it. And then, ultimately, the, the market, uh, like the sort of wisdom of crowds, moves the market um, where it's going to end up in a place that's even better than what the odds makers could make it because it's basically a, a market where people are weighing in right. and predicting. And, and we know that the collective wisdom of people is better than any individual. So, yeah, no, I mean, I think that it happens a lot, and I think people give lines makers or odds makers too much credit, but, you know, the, the, the market has just become very good and very mature over time. All right. Yeah, that's, I, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, this is what you do for a living at this point, so it makes sense that you would feel that way. I like that. Um, what do you got for us this week? So this week is an interesting week in the NFL, and I think there's a few things that you have to think about. One, the teams that are out of contention playing against teams that are in contention. I mean, there's, there's a bunch of different motivation factors that people pr- try to look at. The one thing that I would say is that the, the games where teams are sort of, you know, they're going to rest players and they've said they're going to rest players and lines are way out of whack in that situation. I want to stay away from those because I, I don't really know who's going to rest and who's not going to rest. The other types of games where you have teams that are out of contention against teams that are in contention, I think that a lot of times the lines get out of whack. And I'll give you guys a stat. Since 1990, teams that are out of playoff contention are 94, 56, and 4, so 63% against the spread in weeks 16 and 17 versus teams that must win to keep playoff hopes alive. Wow. Wow. So. Wow. Yeah. 63. Wow, that's a big deal. Yeah, okay. So that – so right. you, you're looking on the board for large, you know, spikes in, in, in numbers, and we would bet against those numbers. Yeah, so we have a few games like that. So Denver plus the 11.5 against Kansas City. Everyone thinks, you know, Kansas City needs to win this game if they want to have a shot. But realistically, they don't have a shot. I mean, Tennessee's not going to um, lose, I, I don't think, this week. And, and Denver plus 11.5, I think, is value against Kansas City. It's just an inflated number. Um, okay. I'm going to take Tennessee minus the 10. I think this is a different situation where, for whatever reason, the, the line should be even higher, and I do think that Tennessee comes into this game and, and wants to take care of business and doesn't rest any players because they know they're going to have a bye. Vrabel comes from that Belichick school, so he's just going to play all his players, and, and I think they win this game by double digits. This is, this is interesting to me. I agree with that right down the line. And I understand that Houston has beaten them this year and beaten them in Tennessee. The most important thing about the playoffs to me, there's only one team with a bye. You want that bye. You can play Derrick Henry for a few plays because you know you're going to have that week off. I agree with you totally on this game with Tennessee. I do. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Okay, I'm going to take the Jets plus the 16 and a half. <laughs> against Buffalo. I know you love it when I take the Jets. Um, you, but, you know take they, the Jets. they were they were obviously very very uh, very live last week against with Tampa. Um, Tampa yeah. should have won that game, and and I think they're they're still playing pretty hard. Zach Wilson seems like he's come around a bit. Um, they have some reasonable weapons uh, offensively. Berrios, the guy from the kid um, from Miami, is, is um, reasonable, and I, I like them to cover what's a, a really big line at sixteen and a half. There. Again, this is one of those games where it's just inflated because Buffalo needs the game and the Jets are seemingly, you know, packed up going home. I'm going to take Atlanta plus the three and a half. Um, New Orleans is a team that is kind of been overrated all year. Um, I think that they're, they really have a lot of trouble offensively, no matter who's at quarterback. Um, and Atlanta is sort of a, a strange team, but I, I think this line should be closer to even and it's already moved down from four and a half five to three and a half so i like atlanta plus a three and a half okay i'm going to take miami plus the six um it's gone down from six and a half again another one of those games where new england needs it miami's out of it why does the miami just go home but we always know miami plays this game pretty tough 
played New England pretty tough, um, and I like them plus the six here at home. I think it's just too many points. That's an. Int- I know the history of that game. That is a game New England loses a lot, and New England is in the playoffs. But New England, can New England, if Buffalo loses and they win, can New England become the division winner? And does that help? That gets them a home game, does it not? Yes. Yeah, yeah for so, sure. That will know. get them a home yeah. game. That will make, make them, yeah. But, yeah. Not, okay. again, that's the, motiv- the motivation factor is built into this line, and it actually is inflated in this line. So, okay. I mean, we'll see what happens. Right. But, I, but I think that that's too many points. And then I'll, I'm going to take the national championship game because, obviously, you guys want me to make a pick on that. Um, yes. The line is pretty fair, um, but if I were going to take anything right now, I would take Bama plus the three. I, I have, I've mentioned, like, futures tickets on Georgia, so I'll be rooting for Georgia. But in a situation where you have Stetson Bennett in this game, it's it's just it's a tough one for me to think that he's going to overcome, you know, Nick Saban and that defense. And, and you know, that, that that's where I think the biggest, you know, advantage for Alabama lies. And it, what's interesting is, um, you know, there's the JT Daniels, Stetson Bennett thing, and I kind of thought all year that, that JT Daniels would end up being the starter. I think one of the things that um, that they're doing here, like Kirby Smart's doing, is trying to reduce the variance with a quarterback that won't throw picks and that he knows can do sort of the the very steady steady thing that he needs with the sort of best defense in the league, so in the in the you know in the, in the country. So I think he's hoping for a low-scoring game here, but I, I would take the points here if anything in Bama plus the three. It's um, this is we talked to Booger McFarland yesterday on PTI, and he said essentially the same thing. He said, "I think Georgia has the better team, but Alabama has the better quarterback." And you put the better quarterback out there with Nick Saban, who can figure out a way to beat the inferior quarterback, and I'm going to take Nick Saban. And he and he said, "I think Georgia is the better team, but I don't think they're going to win this game." And he said he also said he thought they had more motivation because they got beat the last time, but he picked Alabama. You, I, I assume that you're in because of Bennett. You're in the same category as Booger, right? I mean, that's that's the, he's the critical guy, Stenson Bennett. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the quarterback is is the one is the player, and so like I I actually would feel better with JT Daniels, but I mean, Terry yeah. Smart knows a lot more about football than I do, so I I'll just take a backseat to that. Just on a, you know, just before I get you out of here, because this interests me tremendously. College football in the transfer portal. Uh, you know, if if a quarterback doesn't like what's happened, he's gone. He's gone. He just Spencer Rattler, Oklahoma. Even with a new coach, I'm out. Caleb Williams is gone, and he won the job. Does this does this transfer portal? In your mind, affect the way you you look at teams from a betting standpoint at all? Um, no, because I mean you can't really do it in season, and I mean obviously there's a bit um, a lot more movement, and so I, I think maybe there's just a bit more movement from um, season to season. So so yeah, I mean I, I think there's probably more. One of the things we talk about in betting is how much a prior season influences your ratings for a team. And I think maybe the transfer portal makes it so that prior seasons are probably less important because yes. there yes. is more movement. So that's probably maybe the only insight I would think about. See, I, I mean, look, the, the college athlete has had his rights systematically denied to him for 100 years. He wasn't allowed to have any money. He wasn't allowed to have any freedom. So I believe that, that this is on some level very just to do this. But I also think, Jeff, it's making the sports wild. It's strangling teams. It's just crazy, the lack of continuity in football. Basketball, less so, because really good players are going to leave anyway. They're going to go to the pros. But in football, that doesn't happen. I just think it's totally wild. I mean, I don't know that it factors into betting, but it. it uh, if you're a coach, I don't know how you deal with it. I don't. Yeah, it definitely changes things for sure. It's just like when in college basketball, what they faced, right? Where teams were all of a sudden, Shashevsky, who was used to having you know players for four years, now has to get guys one and done. It's just yeah. changing. It's very weird. It's very weird. Thanks, Jeff. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, Tony. You can see Bye. Jeff. You can see Jeff's work and hear Jeff's work on Bet the Process. Jeff and Rufus. We always got to give Rufus a little bit of credit. We will uh, take a break and come back with email and jingle. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show.
Great job by Bill Pitcher on the organ. <laughs> he is so great. Nigel, you went out today, you braved the elements, you went to Bethesda Bagels. Yes, nothing better on a cold day than a nice bagel from Bethesda Bagels. All you got to do is go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you, then pop on in and you'll be thrilled. What was parking lot on Bethesda Avenue? I was fine. Yeah, they'd, they'd shoveled it out. and Right in front of the frame bridge? Yep, right in front. Well, yeah, I was, I was just up from that. But yeah, plenty of spots, and uh, Bethesda did a great job with the snow today. You want weather and traffic locally? <laughs> we got it. That'll just about do it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say, clearing eyes and drying eyes, clearing skies and drying eyes. Now I see your smile. Darkness goes and softness shows a changing style. Just in time, words that rhyme will bless your soul. Now I'll fill your hands with kisses and a Tootsie Roll. That's written and sung by Bruce Johnson when he was with the Beach Boys. That's called Disney Girls. It is a beautiful song. Thanks to our guests today, Jason Locke and Four of CBS Sports, James Carville, Jeff Ma, host of Bet the Process. Thanks as well to today's sponsor, Shopify, which Michael explains in Simply Safe. And remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a quick cook, cooking question for you. This is a chilly weekend. Any advice on rice? Mine always sticks. Uh, I you'd stir the rice. Stir the rice. You have to stir do the you rice. Toast anything first? Do you throw in a fat in there? I wouldn't. I don't do that. I just stir the what's rice. What's your uh, What's your ratio of rice to water? Three to one. Three to one. Maybe two to one. Two to one. Yeah, because I just you know I don't want it to be wet all the time. But the sticky. Mine doesn't really stick because I, I I put a little bit of butter and oil in there also. Okay, so that's what, that's up. the yeah, process. Bit, yeah, bit, toast it. And we use the the Haribo gummy bears or the uh, the Terre Haute gummy bears. Oh yes, just as a finishing. <laughs> From Alex Lau in New York City, listening to you bash everyone, even tangentially involved with the I ninety five debacle, made me realize how the story was literally made for you in your show. It had everything you could ask for. It was local and involved traffic and weather. That's TK Show trifecta for a news story. Now, if only we could have learned that the tractor trailers who escaped the traffic jam were driven by Florida men who were driving endangered species that escaped after the trucks jackknifed and were likely making their way to D.C. for what could only be an animal revolution. Then we'd have a real TK Show story on our hands. Let me just get back to that for a second. Because I believe that, I, I believe that Ralph Northam should be charged with a crime. He's this. He's got the Marines in Quantico. He left people to die. That was that's what he did. A massive failure of leadership. He left people out there to die. He didn't do anything, and then rationalized it by saying, "Oh, we told him not to drive. Who did? How did you tell him not to drive? They've been on the road for 24 hours, coming north or going south. What are you talking about? It's awful what you did. It's inexcusable what you did." Awful. Am I wrong on that? I can't be wrong. I'm not wrong on that. Nope. From Scott Moffat in Richmond, Virginia. Please tell Michael he went to the wrong exit for gas while in Virginia. Go to the Ashland exit south of King's Dominion or the Carmel Church exit north of King's Dominion. More options and they're cheaper. And the next time he's driving north of Richmond, have him buy an RV for the trips down to South Carolina. I know a great street in northwest D.C. where he can store it. <laughs> From Bobby Godfrey. While I assume you haven't been following the World Darts Championship, I'm sure Nigel, good British chap that he is, has been watching every match closely. I'm curious if he has a favorite as we move towards the end. Does he think Gerwin, the Iceman Price, can repeat as champion? Does he prefer someone like Peter Snakebite Wright? Will long shot Chris Dobie be hindered by all his time off since he advanced by walkover due to COVID? I'll hang up and listen. I'm sure there will be deep analysis in the third hour. You've got to go yes, with Peter, Peter Snakebite Wright. That's the, that's the bloke you put your money on. Chris Van Valkenburg. The Van Valkenburgs are becoming annoyed. Are they not? They're becoming annoyed. Manchester, New Hampshire. Dear Dr. Grandpa, I'm glad my fellow Falcons were able to get up off their cans and join the conversation. The other day I found myself explaining to my father why telling his nephews to eat it on an internationally renowned podcast, thanks to my man Dirk, was not an insult, but in fact a great honor. This led to a recollection of a journey 38 years ago when I was a young lad of three months and met these dopes from Ohio at Christmas. It's only a day's drive, a long day, but my parents were ambitious and the Dutch are notoriously cheap, so there was no scheduled layover. The weather changed and the snow started dropping. Highways were closing across New York and detours were made. Being the early 80s, there was no BMW satellite guidance or Google Maps, just hope and a road atlas to find an open road to Ohio. Eventually, all roads were closed and drivers were forced off the highways. My parents found themselves at a motel without a reservation. Unfortunately, this was a no-room-at-the-inn situation, let alone a two-bathroom situation. But like something out of a Hallmark movie, an elderly couple offered to share a double room with complete strangers. My parents had a queen bed and I spent the night in a pulled-out dresser drawer. Where did this take place? 
none other than the Holiday Inn in Binghamton, New York. As the roads began to open, my parents teamed up with the other stranded motorists in a convoy back to the highway. We made it to North Canton, and I got to beat my cousins Andy, Mark, Tim, and Katie. But this is why we now stay in Syracuse when driving to see family. <laughs> P.S. and welcome new little and longtime PTI fan Adam Van Valkenburg. I actually love this guy. <laughs> right, I do. Right. I just love this guy. From Oh, from Kentucky Chuck. Chuck Spataro. Suspecting you are a closet Hallmark movie fan. No, I'm not. Here's a TV guide for you. The all-new Christmas movies. This was last week or so, or a couple of weeks ago. Young, Monday, young aspiring Wall Street executive female must go to quaint New England to buy Christmas card company run by ex-high school sweetheart. Of course. Tuesday, young male aspiring real estate executive must go to quaint Colorado town to buy a Christmas tree farm land operated by ex-high school sweetheart. Wednesday, ex-high school sweethearts from quaint Michigan town trapped in an airport when their flight to same destination, Paris, France, is snowed in. Once engaged, they each had hoped to marry and open either a Christmas card factory or a Christmas tree farm after a Christmas honeymoon in Paris. <laughs> Thursday, secretly working in a bakery in a quaint Connecticut suburban town, <laughs> Prince Alberto has left his kingdom because he wishes to become a pastry chef or run a Christmas card factory or a Christmas tree farm and ends up meeting a family-run bakery that sells Christmas cards and Christmas trees. <laughs> Friday, a quaint young culinary arts major from a quaint tiny Tennessee town travels to Paris only to find she's really heir to the French royal crown, a French Christmas card factory and a French evergreen tree farm <laughs> run by her ex-high school sweetheart who secretly was her long-lost brother. This is a brilliant, it's a brilliant email. How quaint. It's absolutely quaint, a brilliant yes. email, the way he built that up. From Blake Harper in State College, Pennsylvania, I awoke in the middle of the night to the Reginald theme song stuck on repeat in my brain. Hours later, it's still there. I'm fairly certain this is a sign that the apocalypse is... Oh, are you isolating just the recorder? <laughs> One more from Todd Wintz. Every time someone invites you to go golfing, it's always you and Michael. Doesn't Nigel golf? I would like to extend an invitation to Nigel if he's ever in Canton, Ohio. Look me up. I'll take him to the Hall of Fame and then a beer and a pizza on me. We have great pizza in Canton. Sorry I don't golf. That's really... Let's just say this really pool, like, pond. Pond would be good yeah, for yeah, Nigel. Pond would be better for me. This Natural came from a ways yes. back. From Zach Robinson in Longmont, Colorado. Today's my wife's birthday. It's a ways back. She tried to call you. She couldn't find your number. <laughs> Would you like to provide it for her next year or should she just call 411? If you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear one. I hate bananas. I hate pumpkins. I hate squirrels. I hate watermelon. <laughs> I do. Rather make pennies and love you will Than grow a money tree just to watch it build Shooting for the moon but aiming low Cause it's dark outside Every memory that we made I'll use it later in the shimmering shade All I think about, all I think about, all I think about Is you South Dakota, the only one at the devil's shoulder. Had my own rush more to ourselves when it was two degrees. Next trip to the sea and back is just a way to laugh and relax. All I think about, all I think about, all I think about is you. 
when I die someday I'll come to you as a songbird and sing When you wake up, when you wake up, when you wake up I wake up with you When you're suffering, when you're suffering, when you're suffering I'll be there with you Bring it in. 